Taking them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Well, well, well. What's he going to talk about? Immigration? Comey? Iran? 25th Amendment again? Bannon? Trump? Here's what I'm going to tell you right up front. I am sick and tired of this soap opera. I'm sick and tired of it. You know, we live our lives in reality. You go to work every day, most of you. You try and put money in the bank, pay your mortgage, pay your rent, put food on the table. You try to do what's right. Most of you, most of us actually pay taxes and carry the weight of all the other citizenry around here. We see what's going on in these dark blue states, how they violate federal law, how all of a sudden they are federalists, how they nullify federal law in order to change the demographics of their states. How members of Congress now are elected largely in some areas of the country based on the illegal alien population. Great piece and conservative review on this by Daniel Horowitz. We see China on the rise, Russia on the rise. We see what Iran is doing. Our military desperately needs an infusion of significant amounts of money. It's being blocked by the Democrats who insist $1 for the Marines, then $1 for food stamps. I watch as the federal judiciary is utterly out of control. And we got to talk about a book. How many days are we going to do this? With Breitbart and Steve Bannon and others who, who say they want to put America first? Well, then put America first. What's with all the self-promotion with liberal media and, and liberal authors who you know are going to trash the President of the United States and his family? I don't get it. I really don't get it. We're not going to have many opportunities anymore, given the political demographics in this country, to have a President of the United States who supports 70, 80% of our conservative agenda. Here I am. I never, I never would have believed it. Here I am defending the President of the United States against attacks by Steve Bannon. And not just him. And not just him. The fact of the matter is, this is a turning point in this country. We are, I'll say it, a superpower in decline. I'm not going to candy coat it. China is right on our heels. China is right on our heels. Their military is being built up massively. They have a geographic reach they didn't have 10 years ago. They have a 100-year plan. We don't even have a 12-month plan. With a political party in this country, the Democrat Party, 
which is different than any party we've ever had in this country. Oh, yes, I know we've had a Democrat party, certainly since slavery, because they supported slavery. But I'm not talking about that. It's like the alien. They've taken over the body of the Democrat Party. The radical left 1960s rioters and protesters now run the Democrat Party. They run the newsrooms in this country. They run Hollywood. They run the big unions. And we have people sitting down with liberal authors, liberal media types, endlessly promoting themselves at the cost of the President of the United States, many wonderful aspects of his agenda, some aspects of his agenda which I oppose, and there's no excuse for this. None. None. The fact of the matter is, we have a very small window here to advance whatever we can advance. We have states now that are not only turning blue, states that are solid blue, and we're never going to get back. If we lose Florida for good, or God forbid Texas for good, there is no conceivable way we can win the presidency again. None under the Electoral College or the popular vote. There is no conceivable way. None will be a one-party country. So rather than focusing all of our attention in securing the border, throwing people out of this country who have violated their visa stays, addressing DACA, getting rid of chain migration, instead of focusing on that, we focus on this crap. This president is doing more than either of the Bush presidencies to put originalists, conservatives on the federal bench. On the federal bench, we've got 51 Republican senators. That's it. We lose the 51. We lose two of them. We cannot get originalists on the federal bench anymore. We cannot get an originalist on the Supreme Court anymore. This is serious stuff. Do you know why Nancy Pelosi is telling the more reckless big mouths among her caucus to keep quiet about impeachment? Because they want to pick off enough House members to impeach this president and bog us down in impeachment discussions and debates for the next ten years to make it impossible for him to govern. To drag down his numbers even further so he couldn't win re-election even if he wanted to. That makes it even more reckless when people who serve the president or who have served the president go off on these strange adventures, working with the left-wing media, working with left-wing authors. It's just appalling to me, absolutely appalling. You want to have a straight-up UFC fight on ideas, then let's have it. You want to debate it? Let's debate it. But don't sabotage the President of the United States. You don't need to trash his family. We'll leave that to Joe Scarborough. The grotesque, the grotesque fraud and complete sellout, Mr. Deliverance, over there at MSNBC. There's plenty of scumbags like him. They don't need to come from within. 
And I am truly, truly sick and tired of these dead-ender, never-Trumper guys. I am sick of them. They know damn well that many of the things Trump is doing or is trying to do far more conservative than we would have gotten from virtually any of the other 17 candidates running in the Republican primaries for president of the United States. We know this is true. Trump has actually become more conservative in the presidency than he was when he ran for the presidency. And again, I understand the infrastructure crap. I understand that. I understand the family leave, and we will fight those things. But on so many of the fundamentals, I am speaking as a lifelong conservative. Not somebody who's new to this, as somebody who served Reagan for eight years, as somebody who served under Attorney General Edwin Meese, as somebody who's written the biggest, most consequential, widely popular conservative book in modern times, Liberty and Tyranny. I'm telling you this. Because I call it straight. It's what I see. Man, did you hear what Bannon said? Eh, this one, oh, the Mercers. These Mercers. Where did they come from? The Mercers, where did they come from? Billionaires. Spreading their money around. All of a sudden, I hear about the Mercers. Never heard about the Mercers 10 years ago. Didn't hear about the Mercers 15 years ago when Reagan was running. Never heard about the Mercers. Now it's the Mercers, the Mercers, the Mercers. Who the hell are the Mercers? I don't even know. I never heard of them before. Oh, Rebecca Mercer. Well, who's Rebecca Mercer? Well, don't you know? No, I don't know. And I don't care. It's not personal with me. You have been told now for a couple of years that conservatism is dead, that conservatism doesn't deliver anything. Ladies and gentlemen, conservatism delivers everything. What is conservatism? Conservatism is Americanism. What is Americanism? Americanism is the basis for humanity. Our principles are the basis for humanity. This idea of unalienable rights. This idea that these unalienable rights do not come from government. They do not come from men. They do not come from women. They do not come from political parties. But they come from the God Almighty himself. That's Americanism. Don't tell me Americanism is dead. Don't tell me conservatism is dead. We have people out there trying to promote different concepts of ideology, different concoctions that they've come up with. They're wrong. The test of history tells us they're wrong. Look at your Constitution. Somebody ought to look at it. God knows members of Congress don't look at it. God knows members of the uh, judiciary simply manipulate it and molest it. You look at it. What's that document all about? What's the document all about? The document's all about ordered liberty, the civil society, virtue. 
It's not about redistributing wealth. It's not about entitlement programs. It's not about new massive phony infrastructure programs. It's not about open borders where you lose your entire nation state. It's not about liberal judges who are appointed for life who sit there and decide, you know, which candidate they like or which agenda they like or their personal policy preferences and try and enshrine them in the Constitution. That's tyranny. I understand why the media want us to debate a book. I understand why the media want us to debate anything but what ought to be discussed. I understand it. I really do. But I reject it. Completely and utterly. If you work for the President of the United States, or you have worked for a President, this President of the United States, you should have enough respect and decency. Enough respect and decency not to sabotage him. Not to undermine him. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. But apparently that's not the case. I look at our politicians today. I've never seen a weaker lot of politicians in my life. We actually have a United States Senator from Colorado, Cory Gardner. This guy used to be a conservative when he was in the House. He decided to run for the Senate. He moved into the moderate mode. He's a complete and utter airhead and lightweight. And he's announced on the Senate floor today in emotions you and I have never seen from the man. That because the Attorney General of the United States is going to enforce federal marijuana laws in all states, including Colorado, which legalized marijuana, he is going to block every single appointment to the Department of Justice. Every single appointment to the Criminal Division, to the Civil Rights Division, to the Bureau of Prisons, to the Marshal Service, you name it. He's going to block it. Because by God, the people of Colorado have the right to be high. Now, notice he doesn't have the capacity. He doesn't have the intelligence to change the federal law. He can't persuade his fellow senators to change the federal law. No. But he's going to stand up and block the Trump Justice Department and the Sessions Justice Department. That's what a Republican is going to do to a Republican administration. Nobody will attack this man. Nobody will criticize this man. And he'll dress this up as federalism. Hey, the state should do whatever they want. Really? Well, where are we on this, ladies and gentlemen? Do we support nullification now? The states can do whatever they want. Can they do whatever they want when it comes to the Second Amendment? Ask Cory Gardner. He'll say no. Can they do whatever it want they want when it comes to sanctuary cities? Ask Cory Gardner. He'll say no. But then ask him about pot. Now we have the new pothead senator who's going to claim that he's the real federalist, you see. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we got to debate a book. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We are within an eyelash of the progressives controlling everything. 
everything. Look at the media today. There are pockets of media that are non-progressive. There are even a smaller number of outlets that are openly conservative. And yet, if the Democrats controlled the FCC, you know how many times they've sought to shut down talk radio. They'll do it. They'll do it. There's an effort underway to get rid of the Electoral College through the back door. There's an effort underway to continue to change the nature of many of these red states to purple states and then blue states, like Virginia as a perfect example, to make it impossible to win elections at the national level. Impossible. They want to change the gerrymandering rules. Not because they believe that they're unethical or they don't they don't like them per se, it's because they want to be able to rig the system so they can forever win the House of Representatives. And they want to make sure that regardless of who wins elections, the bureaucracy is so entrenched and their policies are so entrenched and in fact are constitutionalized that it doesn't matter who wins the next election. This is what we're facing. I'll be right back. If you turn off your radio and open the window, you can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. All right, let's get into some of this stuff now. During the holiday, before the holiday, they passed this tax bill. And the uh, renowned supply siders are all over radio and TV patting themselves on the back. They think this is magnificent. And I bet many of you think it's magnificent. Because you're told this day in and day out, day in and day out. I even heard a host who I admire enormously. And I don't listen to many, but I happen to be in the car. Claim that these deductions for property taxes and state income taxes have been nothing more than federal subsidies to the blue states. I thought to myself, man, how fast we have sunk. When you pay taxes, ladies and gentlemen, you're not subsidizing any state. You choose to buy a home and you own the home. And your locality taxes your property to pay for, among other things, the schools, the police, the fire department, and so forth and so on. Some states and localities are completely out of control, like in California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Rhode Island, Maryland, and so forth and so on. And so the thinking of this class warfare stuff coming from the pseudo-right is that, well, that'll teach the states. Maybe they shouldn't do what they do to their citizens. And so in order to teach these blue states a lesson, we're going to punish the citizens of this country who own property, a home, who pay state income taxes, the vast majority, by limiting their deduction. Since when is a deduction a subsidy, ladies and gentlemen, unless you believe all of your money belongs to the federal government? 
That's your house, that's your property, that's your mortgage, that you're paying every month. You're paying your state income taxes. Since when is deducting those things a subsidy to you by the federal government? It simply means you pay less in federal income taxes than you otherwise would. Well, why should you be treated that way? Right? Isn't that the argument? Everybody should have a, uh, you know, a level playing field, I think they say. Level playing field. But first we have to agree that it's the individual who pays taxes. Not the state. The state doesn't pay any taxes. So if there's pain to be felt as a result of limiting, and in some cases eliminating these deductions, it's felt by individuals and it's felt by families. In many cases, families and individuals who relied on the tax code in advance to purchase their homes. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, when you bought your house, when you put down 5, 10, 20, 50%, or maybe you bought it with cash, I don't know how wealthy you are. The point is, you made that deposit, and you pay that mortgage with after-tax income. Do you know what I mean by that? You've already paid your federal income taxes. You've already paid your state income taxes. You've already paid all the other taxes that come with being an American. You've paid all those taxes, and then whatever you have left, you'll purchase a car. You'll purchase a home, put down a deposit on a home, a down payment, that sort of thing. So you've already paid taxes on the money at the very end that you get to keep and spend yourself. When you pay your property taxes, you're paying your property taxes on after-tax income. So now, in essence, you're going to pay taxes twice on the same money. Federal income tax, whatever your income is, plus now you're going to pay your property tax with your after-tax money. I know this sounds a little complicated, but that's the way it is. Nobody's subsidizing you. Nobody's subsidizing you. Because you're allowed to keep a little bit more of your money after you've already paid taxes out of the wazoo. And to hear these so-called conservatives who are now pseudo-conservatives defending this is appalling. Absolutely appalling. They want to turn it into politics. They want to turn it into blue state versus red state. Nothing to do with blue state versus red state. You're the one paying the taxes. You and you and you. California's not paying federal income taxes. New York's not paying federal income taxes. New Jersey's not paying federal income taxes. Let me tell you something. These so-called supply-siders who are all over radio and TV, they're fakes, they're frauds. I'm the real supply-sider. Me. I'm the one who supports cutting rates across the board. Not them. Mr. Laffer, I don't know what's happened to him with the Laffer curve. He knows full well the Reagan tax cuts were focused on slashing individual federal income tax rates. That was the, the focus. That was the priority. 
Now, there were corporate cuts, too, and other changes that, that made an enormous amount of sense to benefit the economy. But that said, nobody paid more income taxes after Reagan was done. Nobody had a tax increase. And while I'm out on holiday, on the vacation, listening to this stuff, or driving and listening, going, what the hell has happened here? Well, we didn't do enough on the individual tax side. You sure as hell didn't. So, I don't think we should be congratulating ourselves. Now, in the face of this, you see... And by the way, more and more individuals in this country will be off the tax rolls thanks to the increase, the increase in that so-called family-dependent deduction, which we'll be, among others, pushing for because, you know, this class warfare stuff is, is endemic. Here's a piece right now related to this. Warren Buffett who's worth $75 billion, says the tsunami of wealth didn't trickle down, it surged upward. So here we have a class warfare warrior who's worth $75 billion, and he's concerned, you see, because he says between the first computation in 1982 of the Forbes 400 wealthiest list and today, the wealth of the 400 increased 29-fold from $93 billion to $2.7 trillion, while many millions of hard-working citizens remain stuck on an economic treadmill. During this period, he said the tsunami of wealth didn't trickle down, it surged upwards. This is where I get in trouble, and I don't know why I do. Who cares? Why does that matter? If the guy next door to me was worth three cents in 1982, and today he's worth $300 billion, why does that matter to me? How does that affect me? Did I lose something because he became fabulously wealthy? Was I denied something because he or she became fabulously wealthy? There's nothing to do with me or my life. And it may have absolutely nothing to do with capitalism. It may have something to do with the fact that somebody works harder, somebody works smarter, somebody chose a different career path, somebody invented something, somebody failed five times and then became wealthy. Somebody was wealthy and then became poor. This is a very dynamic, complex economy because it's based on capitalism. What does this have to do with anything? The way you create jobs is not through class warfare or worried about the Forbes 400. The way you create jobs is creating the Forbes 500, 600, 1 million The way you create jobs, less regulations, less centralized control, more liberty, more choice, more opportunity. That's how people become millionaires and billionaires, unless they're crony capitalists. So I read this guy, this Warren Buffett, it's worth $75 billion. I think to myself, what? what drives a man like this to say these things? What drives a man like this to say these things? To say the stupidest things possible. We have more stupid billionaires in this country than you can shake a stick at. They know how to make money, but they don't know why. 
They don't know the, the model that, that, that makes them super wealthy. They don't, they don't comprehend liberty. They're billionaires, but they're stupid people. They know how to build, you know, railroad system or broadcast system or this system or that system. But fundamentally, they're stupid people. Because they do not understand the underlying principles and model that help them create wealth. And so what do they do? They say, gee, I'm fabulously wealthy and there's poor people in this country. Our system doesn't work. Our system doesn't work. In these tyrannical, totalitarian regimes, there's a handful of multimillionaires and billionaires. And you know who they are? They're the people who run the governments. It's not because they invented anything. It's not because they produce anything. It's not because they sell anything. Not because they market anything. Not because they service anything. It's using brute force, police power. How many billionaires are there in Venezuela? A couple. The people who stole all the money from the government, uh, uh, from the citizenry, who run the government. Okay, but among the population, the civilian population, how many millionaires and billionaires are left in Venezuela? None, really. Are the people better off? Are the people better off, Mr. Buffett? How about in Cuba? The Castros are billionaires. Drug running and other things, stealing the money from their people. But it's okay, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay because everybody's poor. You see, there's not this big gap between the rich and the poor. They don't have to worry about some billionaire who lives next door. How unfair that would be. It's very fair in Cuba. It's very fair in Venezuela. Everybody's starving to death. How many billionaires are there in North Korea? You get my point? This class warfare stuff is poisonous. Absolutely poisonous. And yet, it is ubiquitous. When Paul Ryan was pushing this tax plan on TV, and we played it many times for you, he sounded like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett and Paul Ryan sounded like leftists. These supply-siders, so-called supply-siders, they're not supply-siders. They believe in cutting taxes for corporations. That's not supply-side. That's not supply-side economics. Supply-side economics is slashing taxes across the board. Whatever the legal entity, whether you're a sole proprietor, whether you're an international major corporation, uh, whatever you are, the supply-sider would argue and did in the past, that you should slash taxes across the board, income taxes, for individuals, corporations alike. That's not what they did. Many, many people were left out. Many, many people were left out. But don't worry, you see, because those are the rich. No, they're not. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're rich. They make more than $50,000 a year, so they're rich. Oh, okay. And in this, Warren Buffett, Paul Ryan, and the left agree. There's very few voices left for capitalism. Very few. And yet, when you look around, this is why I want to 
use my Fox show, use Levin TV, use this microphone to get back out there and educate people about success, about liberty, about property rights, about constitutional government and all these things. I feel we've lost it all in so many ways. I feel we've lost it all. Why am I a lonely voice defending capitalism? When as I speak, let's see, what time is it? It is 6.48 p.m. Eastern Time. On the East Coast, assume you can get out due to the weather. You can go to a major grocery store and buy virtually anything from anywhere. In an automobile. Where you can get gasoline virtually anywhere. Drive back to your home or your apartment. Which is heated. The benefits of capitalism, even more, the benefits of private property rights are so numerous. They're, they're, they're infinite. And yet because they're so numerous, because they're infinite, we don't even recognize them. Instead, we buy into this class warfare crap. I'll be right back. Mark in. thinking about your home security, there's no better time to get it than right now. You've heard me sing the praises of Simply Safe Home Security. It's the best protection, period. Simply Safe has put together a massive security arsenal for your home, a special package handpicked just for you. It's got entry sensors, motion sensors, glass break sensors, everything you need to stop criminals from ever touching your house. And right now, for the holidays, my friends at Simply Safe are giving you, my listeners, an absolutely incredible offer. Get $200 off this special hand-picked security package. It's complete protection for your home. Simply Safe is already the best value in home security, and these are the guys I trust. There are no contracts, no commitments, but right now, and I mean right now, get $200 off this holiday special security package. Just go to simplysafemark.com right now. This is possibly the best home security deal you'll ever see. That's simplysafemark.com to save $200 on my special Simply Safe home security holiday pick. Simplysafemark.com. Chris, El Paso, Texas, the great KTSM. Go. Hey, sir. Um, first off, I just want to say I love your show. Your show. Um, I just want to admit I am a uh, liberal, I'm a Democrat, however, I do enjoy listening to the views of the other side. I honestly think that more things could be accomplished if, you know, everybody took the time to actually listen to one another instead of arguing. Um, I'm not I'm, so sure about that. I'm very, I'm very nervous right now, so I actually wrote down my question. <laughs> okay, I'm, we're going to run out of time, before. so go for it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so I just wanted to know if you believe that the voters who voted for legalization of marijuana, that their vote basically does not matter anymore because Jeff Sessions is going to put it into it regardless. Tell me, do you think the voters who voted in California against same-sex marriage, do you think their vote should count? I think everybody, everybody's vote should count. You know, um, A lot of people didn't vote for Trump. But their votes don't count because the Supreme Court ruled five to four against them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, it's a little bit more complicated, isn't it? People, this is the popular, well, if the people say it, the people should have it. There's a federal law in place that outlaws what's taking place in Colorado. 
Now, what should happen? I, I think that the people's vote is the one that matters. If they're the ones that, if they're the ones that voted for this, well, people voted for federal officials too, and they passed this statute against the use and the growing of, of uh, marijuana. But is it is it not? Going so to the help people you? voted isn't the answer, really, is it? Yes, sir. Okay, so if the people vote in a state for something that's horrific, like slavery, should we listen to that? Well, but that's 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 a little more complicated. The whole issue is complicated, isn't it? We have certain rights. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Look, I'll take some calls from the former potheads and existing potheads, but I'm not going to turn this into a pothead show. I've never smoked marijuana. That's a fact. But that's not even the point. I know I'm in a very small and distinct minority. When the uh, clock was clicking, uh, ticking, and I was uh, cut off at the end of the uh, first hour, what I was trying to say is the fact that people vote, let's say you voted for slavery in a most extreme example, doesn't mean you're right. And we're not ruled solely by the vote. We have, as we talk about all the time, certain unalienable rights. We have certain unalienable rights, in which case the vote doesn't matter. Now, this is a very interesting case, the marijuana case, not because it's marijuana. It is a product. The federal government regulates products all the time. The federal government even outlaws products if they think those products are dangerous. And yet, when it comes to marijuana, there is a a significant enough group of people who do not want the federal government regulating or banning that product. But when it comes to a host of other products, we don't even hear from these people. The problem is, do I believe the state should decide? Yes, I believe the state should decide. I believe the state should decide a lot of issues. And I believe individuals should decide most of the issues. But that's not the system we have now, is it? So what do we do? We can nullify laws at the state level that we don't like from the federal government. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And so you have sanctuary cities. You have sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities have embraced the same interpretation that the Confederate States did. We don't like it, we're not doing it. You can't tell us what to do. How is that different then, in those circumstances, on the marijuana issue? Actually, it's quite different. Because under our federal constitution, the federal government has a significant say on when it comes to the issue of immigration. It's not a purely local issue. And yet we not only tolerate it, the courts uphold state and city nullification. Most of the Obama appointees do. 
Now, that limitation in the Constitution doesn't even exist when it comes to marijuana. Doesn't even exist. And yet, <clears throat> it seems to me nullification is accepted when it comes mostly to the left's agenda on sanctuary cities or marijuana. As I say over and over and over again, when it comes to the Second Amendment, states have almost no say. The federal government steps in, the federal government steps in. When it comes to social issues or cultural issues, marriage, procreation, and so forth and so on, abortion, the federal government has nationalized all those issues. In fact, the Supreme Court has nationalized all those issues. And the left think that's great, because the left's agenda is the left's agenda. They're not so much interested in the process. They're not so much interested in the Constitution. In fact, they're completely disinterested in those. By hook or by crook, the ends justify the means. That's all. But some of us are trying to be fairly rational about this. You're the Attorney General of the United States. You take an oath to uphold the federal Constitution. You're a United States attorney in a district, but may include Colorado. You take an oath to uphold the federal constitution. So you're going to nullify the federal marijuana law by not enforcing it. Is that about right? Do I have that about right? What other federal laws should we nullify? Because I got a whole list of them that I want to nullify. I want to nullify Obamacare. I want to nullify the tax code. I mean, I got serious things I want to nullify. And we have some very interesting calls. Before I move on, I had another subject I wanted to address, but I think engaging some of these cause, calls will further crystallize these debates and these issues, including this issue of whether or not it's subsidizing blue states or not subsidizing red states when it comes to you deducting your property and state income taxes. Michael, Annapolis, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Yes, thank you, Mark. It's an honor to talk with you. And I agree with you on probably just about everything you say. Uh, I do believe, though, that I have a different reflection on this subsidization issue. I live in Maryland, which is a fairly high tax state. But let's give a simple example. Suppose you make $100,000 and you live in a no-tax state, like a no-income tax state like Texas. Then you're going to be paying, say, 25% on the whole $100,000. On the other hand, somebody who's in a high-tax state oh, wait, wait, like 20, Maryland, What do you mean? Who pays 25%? You mean federal income tax, 25%. Right, right. I'm okay. just giving this as an example. Now, on the other hand, if you live in a high-tax state like well, Maryland, Maryland is 7% income tax, then I make that same $100,000, but then I subtract 7000 that I'm paying in Maryland tax, so then I'm paying the 25%. All right, so let's, uh, you don't get the whole 7%. Instead of the whole 100000 You didn't hear what I said. Your adjusted income is not, you don't get the, you don't get the whole 7% back. No, I realize that's why I said you get a deduction. So it depends on what your bracket is. If you're in the 25 percent bracket, I mean, let's just without any other complications, you're getting 25 percent of the seven percent back. Right. I understand. If you're in that. Texas, 
you're paying zero percent state taxes. Right, but you're paying twenty five percent on the whole hundred thousand to the feds. Whereas if you live okay, in and state, if I live in Maryland, I'm paying maybe the twenty five percent to the feds, and then I get my my deduction, and maybe I'm paying twenty three percent to the feds, or twenty four percent, or twenty two percent to the feds. I'd be paying twenty five percent. On but that's an individual decision. You've decided to live in Maryland. Somebody else has decided to live in Texas. You're not subsidizing Maryland. Well, no, not subsidizing You're not Maryland. subsidizing anybody. But what I'm doing is in Texas, I'm paying more to the federal government than I'm paying to the federal government in Maryland. So I we should raise the corporate, the state corporate income tax in, uh, in Texas. Well, that's up to them, but that's what I'm saying. That's oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everything's up to the state. I got that when it comes to taxes. But let's say we're talking about corporations. Should the same thing apply? No, I'm, not ta- I'm just talking about the individual. Well, whatever we're talking about, whether it's individuals or corporations, you decide where you want to live. This is not a subsidy to Maryland. Maryland receives nothing. It's not a subsidy to the individual. The individual receives nothing. You're still paying 22, 23%. The person in Texas, I mean, we're taking a bad example because um, if you're paying zero income taxes in Texas, uh, that also means, let's say, your employer, you don't have to pay as much to an employee. There's a lot of events that we can't calculate. But let's, let's take your, your case. I said you're not subsidizing Maryland. Maryland gets nothing. Didn't say you were. No, okay. I... If you don't like it, you can move to Texas or Florida or these no-income tax states. There's nothing that prevents it, which is what people are doing. Right. But I'm still saying what I'm doing is if, if say, I'm in a no-tax state, I'm paying the full 25% of the federal. Well, then, if you, then, then Texas, I guess your argument should be Texas should be lobbying for an income tax. Now, no. isn't that ridiculous? I'm just trying. No, I'm just trying to. Sir, I know what you're doing. You don't need to keep repeating yourself. I know what you're just trying to do. I'm trying to respond to you, which is this: based on your logic, the legislature in Texas and the governor of Texas should sign into law an income tax as high as possible for the state, as high as possible, so you can get the deduction. Right? You're completely misunderstanding. Well, try it one more time. Okay. The point, I mean, look at it, forget about the states. What you're looking at is how much am I paying to the federal government? In Texas, let us say, they're paid 25%. But that's not reality, and that's why you keep altering your example. In reality is, if I live in Virginia, I'm paying a federal income tax, a state income tax, and a local property tax. If I live in Texas, I'm not paying a state income tax, I'm paying a federal income tax, and I'm paying a uh, state, a local property tax. And what you're saying is, oh, don't worry about the state. Well, I am worried about the state. Thanks for your call. The point is this, ladies and gentlemen, following that logic, in order to get a deduction, you would want your state to pass a state income tax. Do you see what I'm trying to say, Mr. Producer? Well, why do people go to no, why are people flocking? Why are Florida, Florida, Texas, and other no-income tax states? Why are people leaving blue states and going to those states? 
because they don't want to pay, among other reasons, they don't want to pay the state income tax. They want to pay lower taxes, which means you have less to deduct. If he's right and I'm wrong, people will be flooding from Florida and Texas into Maryland to pay an effective federal income tax rate, not of his example, 25%, but let's say 22%. But, of course, that doesn't make any sense because when you add the state income tax, what's actually leaving your pockets, when you add the state income tax to the federal income tax, it exceeds what you would get from the deduction. That's the point, and I don't mean to complicate this. You're not subsidizing the state. You're punishing the individual. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me try it this way. I don't know of a single person who moves into a high-tax state for the purpose of having a federal income tax deduction. Do you? It's nonsensical. Nobody seeks to pay state income taxes and local property taxes for the purpose of getting a federal income tax deduction. It's absurd. Which is why the gentleman, very nice man, repetitive but very nice man, kept repeating the point... Well, forget about the states. No, you don't forget about it. The individual is paying taxes at multiple levels or not. Because his logic is reversed. So you'd want to move to California to pay over 13% if you could because you'll get a federal tax deduction. Well, of course not. Are there instances in which somebody paying state Income taxes and state uh, and local property taxes may pay less than somebody that doesn't have a state income tax. Yes, but it would be the exception to the rule. It would be an odd case, as a matter of fact. An odd case. And besides, the Republicans and these pseudo-conservatives are making exactly the opposite argument. They're making exactly the opposite argument, which is... We are subsidizing blue states. I hope people's eyes aren't glazing over. But here's another one where your eyes may glaze over. Len Palisades, Idaho, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I got a question for you. You bet. Where in the Constitution does it state anywhere that the Fed have the power in the Constitution to regulate uh, a substance like marijuana. Nowhere? Well, that's what I was thinking. And, and all powers not delegated to the federal government, aren't they to be delegated to the states? Is it the vast majority what the federal government does outside the Constitution? Where does the Constitution... Talk about Social Security, sir. I'm sorry, sir? Where does the Constitution talk about Social Security? Nowhere. Nowhere. No. That's, that's, that's not constitutional either. No, 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 but I'm just making a point. That, so what do we do? We let it all get out of hand. 
I mean, I, you know. No, I just find it odd that the issue of marijuana is the issue where guys like you make your stand. Oh, I'm a conservative. I was just constitutionally wondering. I mean, I, I'm a conservative guy, Mark. Uh, I, I, I consider but why is it that when it comes to marijuana, the Cory Booker, excuse me, Cory, what's his name? Cory Gardner, excuse me, of Colorado, this is where he wants to shut down the Department of Justice. This issue. Now, this is a guy who is your typical rhino, you know, he moved from the House to the Senate and so forth. This is the issue that motivates Cory Gardner, marijuana. Right. This is where there's states' rights. This is where federalism comes into play. Did the man ever say he would shut down the government if we don't build a wall on the southern border? No. Did the man say we'll shut down the government if these cities and states continue to nullify immigration laws? No. But when it comes to marijuana, he's all excited. He's on Why is it this product, this product, draws the attention of politicians who don't give a crap about federalism or the Constitution. And then suddenly they wave it around. Can you tell me that, Len? Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. It's a, it's, they're hypocrites. They're, you yep. know, if it's in their favor, they're totally against you. But when it if, falls... you ask, if you ask Cory Gardner, where the hell is the constitutional basis for Obamacare? Forget about what John Roberts did to our Constitution. And why aren't you shutting down parts of the government over that? He'll think you're a kook. But he'll block all the Trump appointees to the Justice Department who seek to control the Obama appointees who've squirreled into the bureaucracy over there. There he'll take a stand. Not on Obamacare, not on anything else, but on marijuana. Why is this the motivating issue when it comes to federalism? I have no idea. I, I just, I was just wondering, you know. Uh, you're, you make a good point. All right, my friend, thank you for the call. And by the way, I'm not saying there shouldn't be Social Security. I'm just saying you want Social Security? Then stop playing games. Pass an amendment to the Constitution that supports Social Security. What the Supreme Court did when, when it was challenged in the 1930s is once again they rewrote the Constitution. So, fine. Do we think there's two-thirds of both houses of Congress that would support such an amendment? I suspect there is. Do we think that uh, three-fourths of the state legislatures would support it? I think so. Well, then go through the front door. Robert, Huntsville, Alabama, the great WVNN. Quickly, go. Uh, thank you, sir, for taking my call. Um, so Jeff Sessions is uh, essentially rolling back Obama uh, regulations or, or policy that you know has uh, reversed this marijuana um, position and and this guy from Colorado uh, Cory Gardner uh, it's infuriating that that he um, wishes to to hold up everything he is I insisting mean, that the Attorney General of the United States eviscerate federal law and he's a senator well then do something about it Mr. Gardner but he won't because he can't I'll be right back him for middle ground? There is no middle ground. Talk with Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. You know, if you're starting off this new year with some resolutions, may I suggest one that we should all try? 
Stop watching fake news. Last year we saw far the lib media will go, even at the expense of their own credibility. If you missed the last couple of Levin TV episodes of the year, we recapped the Obama surveillance scandal. And by the way, we have a tremendous Levin TV tonight, our first one of the year. It started with total mockery of yours truly by the media and ended with complete vindication. These are the kinds of stories you're only going to get at CRTV. We're bringing you the truth night in and night out. 2018 is shaping up to be a huge year for CRTV. We're adding new shows from hosts all the time like Andrew Wilkow and Ali Stuckey and more. Plus, the price is less than 8 bucks a month when you use promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. It's time to fight back against liberal media. Do yourself a favor. Try CRTV for a week completely free at CRTV.com and make sure you use code LEVIN to take $10 off your annual subscription. Sign up right now at CRTV.com or you can give us a call if you're sitting in your car in traffic. 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-L-E-V-I-N-T-V. I said all the potheads, if you want to call, call somebody else. I took a few calls on pot. Maybe I'll take one more, but I'm not turning this into uh, a pothead show. We'll leave that for others. Let's go to Georgia in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. How are you on Sirius Satellite? Hi, Mark. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to comment on the uh, person who called in a, a while ago about the uh, two people living in each state, both making 100000 I don't think that he really understands the tax law in that if they're both making 100000 then their federal tax rate is 25%, regardless of their uh, deductions that they itemize. So he was talking as if they would not be able to have any deductions if they lived in Texas and that they would have to pay the full 25%, when in actuality, they could take charitable deductions or charitable contribution deductions or um, out-of-pocket medical expense deductions, so they could get their federal tax rate down as well. So I think he's kind of got... Well, you you are you explained it better than I. But my point was, look, and I said each case is different. But let me ask you something, Georgia. Do people move into high tax states for the purpose of getting a deduction? <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be absurd. <laughs> because you never, because you get to keep more money if you don't pay state income taxes. Correct. Right. Exactly. But my comment tonight was about the state and local income tax deduction, the SALT tax uh, deduction. And I'm just really um, astounded that none of the Republicans have gone out in the media to explain this concept to the American taxpayer. And I hope everybody will consult with their CPA and accountant tomorrow or this evening and find out uh, and learn this, that if you take a deduction for state and local income tax on your federal tax return, then in the following year, because you took that as a deduction, in the following year, you have to report that deduction amount that you took as income. income. So now what's going to happen is that if they're not going to be able to take this deduction, then that means that in next year, they won't have to report it as income either. So it's going to be, end up being a wash. Mm-hmm. Okay. But really, I would disagree with that, because the time it's a wash is the, is the day you die. 
Right. Right? Because you keep turning it over as income, deduction, income, deduction. So the time, the time where you don't make out is when, okay, it's income and there's no longer any deduction because you've died. Right. But now there's not going to be any deduction. So, so and now you know. there's not going to be any deduction at all. So in 2018, people who were taking a deduction and now it's the 2017 is counted as income, you're kind of screwed. Right. If you if you itemize last year and you have to include that as income this year. Yeah, that's my you, point. If you, get the, if you get the cap of ten thousand as a deduction um, this year or next when you file this year for seventeen, then you would still have to report that ten thousand as income next year. And you can't really offset it by the deduction from the past year. Is what I'm saying. Um. Others. Other itemized deductions on your Schedule A, but just one other comment, Mark. Uh, you were you were talking about the pothead issue, and you know why would Cory Booker be doing what he's doing? It and I really Corey, think Cory Gardner, Cory Gardner, Gardner. I think it's the agenda, the agenda that they have. They know the long-term effects that pot will have on all these children in our society. They know that it will. They will. Well, I think there's some of that, and what amazes me is what was what these fools fight over on the left and these fools in the Republican Party. They, they will, they, these abortion? Hold on now. Abortion? Pot? You can see the culture is going to hell. Thank you for your call. It's a very good call, Georgia. What I was saying on that is if you're paying uh, probably people are fed up with it already, but if let's say you're paying a state income tax and, and you're paying a local property tax and you paid it in 2017 you're not going to, let's say it's over 10000 the 10000 cap, when you add both. Okay, so that's not a deduction any longer. And yet the prior year, the deduction you took is counted as income. So what I'm saying is you're caught short. But nobody cares about that. Bill, Irvine, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hello, Bill. I, yeah, Mark. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I think it's a, just basically a fairness issue. Oh, a fairness if, issue. Yeah, if I'm an attorney in Minot, North Dakota, I usually use farmer, but since you're an attorney, I'll use attorney. If I'm a farmer in Minot, North Dakota, and I make $500,000 oh, Are you a farmer or an attorney now? I'm a farmer. Okay. No, 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 I'm an attorney. For your okay. sake, I'm an attorney. Not I'm an attorney sake. in Minot, North Dakota. and I, I make eat more half- food than I practice law, but go ahead. But, and then, and then if I'm an attorney in San Francisco and I make a half a million dollars, same income. The attorney in, in California will pay less taxes, federal taxes. And I don't think the federal government should treat either one of those guys differently. But they're paying more local taxes and state taxes. Yeah, I know, but that's... So know. why is it any of your business? Well, no, it's not my business. Why are you sounding like a liberal? No, I'm not, Mark. I'm not a liberal. We have a deduction that anybody can use. Depending on where they live, it may be effective, more effective than, than somewhere else. I'm not into all this. I really am not. Somebody lives in Idaho, good. Somebody lives in California, fine. They have to pay the state income taxes, the state property taxes. I don't know what the taxes are in Idaho. If you have both, so be it. People have made their decisions, and now you're sitting there. But it has to be fair, and by fair you mean equal, right? No, no, I don't. I don't think. Well, what do you mean? 
the federal government should not treat somebody differently. The federal government's not treating anybody differently. The rules apply across the board. In some cases, the rules, the same rules, will benefit some people more than others. But if you think living in a high-tax state uh, is something that people want to do in order to get a federal tax deduction, you're wrong. No, that's, that's not the case. That's dumb. Right. So why are people making this argument? You just made it. I make the argument that, sure, you should be able to, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you, deduct your, your uh, property taxes, deduct uh, local taxes, but that federal tax dollar should be on your gross income, whatever it is. Now, do I get to deduct my... No, uh, the federal tax dollar should not be on your gross income, whatever it is. It's on your adjusted gross income. I mean... Do you make, hold on now. You make donations to your church, don't you? Well, what if I'm an atheist? Why should you get donations deducted? To, uh, your... Listen to me. I'm asking you a question. It's all fair, right? Why should you get to deduct a... This day is coming, by the way. Why should you get to deduct a $1,000 donation to your church? And I'm an atheist, and I don't donate to any faith organization. But why should the tax code favor you? That's not fair. No, it's true. You see, when you start getting into this stuff, Bill, it's very ugly. I'm not for... Uh, equality as fairness. I'm not for this class warfare crap. I'm not for this blue state, red state crap. Individuals pay income taxes. The Republicans were very cute on this blue state, red state stuff, and their mouthpieces in the media repeating it very, very cute. I'm the one that's breaking through. I'm the supply sider. I'm the low tax guy saying, wrong. Wrong. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Let's continue, shall we? Leon, Colorado Springs, Colorado, the great KVOR, the state where a lot of people are high, quite frankly. Go right ahead. <laughs> How are you doing, Mark? Hey, All Mr. right, Corey, sir. Thank Corey, you. Corey Gardner is an idiot, and everybody should, should support uh, Attorney General Sessions in vigorously enforcing this law. Those that think the law is good and those that think the law is because the best way to get rid of a bad law is to enforce it vigorously. So if Cory Gardner thinks that Colorado's law is bad, well then, guess what? He ought to support enforcing it vigorously. Well, why doesn't he propose the Cory Gardner pot law and try and convince uh, people in his party as well as the Democrat potheads, to support him. Why doesn't he do that? Let's, let's, he can make a whole national effort out of this. I, because he's an idiot? That's my only conclusion. I, I suspect that in today's culture that there would be a pretty good chance of getting it through the, uh, you know, repealing the federal pot But, but, but here, here's the point. If he says, look, the people voted that way, fine. Well, the people in San Francisco support being a sanctuary city. You got a problem with that, Corey? <laughs> exactly. I mean, really. I mean, I want to understand from Corey Gardner what his idea of federalism is, what his idea of nullification is. Uh, you know, I'm ready to get back to first principles, but they're not. He's decided on this product because uh, the way his state, uh, the voters of his state have voted, he's going to stand firm on this. But he's not standing on principle. Any more than these sanctuary city morons are standing on principle. 
I think I think lots of times our politicians do stuff for the visual. I mean, the whole thing with the wall, for instance, which I agree with 100%, but we've already got the law. It was the 2006, uh, whatever it was, Fence Act. All know? right, my friend. Thanks for your call. Mr. Colson, I don't want all these potheads calling in. They all say the same damn thing. They say the same thing. Uh, and uh, that's fine, but we're not learning much from them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Uh, wonderful new sponsor. I hope you'll listen and and participate in this. I really do. You know, the holidays might be over, but the winter has just begun. And according to studies, the air indoors contains up to 100 times more pollution than the outside. This can cause illness, allergies, unnecessary wear and tear on your HVAC system, leading to costly repairs, or even worse, the premature replacement of the entire system. Resolve to breathe better with Filter By. America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all ship-free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in the United States. So they're shipped for free within 24 hours. You don't have to drag yourself to one of these warehouse stores, and they're manufactured in this country. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options, all the way up to hospital-grade, So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your HVAC system. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery so you never need to think about air filters again. Save money, save time, breathe better, breathe fresh air with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. Filterby.com. This is a brand new sponsor. This is the first time I'm mentioning to them. I spent uh, some time over the holidays talking with them, uh, learning about their product and so forth, and their wonderful service. And that's the key. This will come right to your door. You pop it into your filter or your filters immediately. And I don't know if you checked your filter lately, particularly with winter here. I'll bet they are loaded. Loaded. Now, I just learned about this company. And I don't really take the time to run to all these stores. I like them. I love Lowe's and Home Depot and all the rest of them. But it's not like it's in the front of my mind. Even when I go there, I say, ah, I've got to get a filter. The great thing about this is it comes right to your door. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go anywhere. It just comes right to your door. It's shipped for free within 24 hours after your order. And as they say, you can auto uh, uh, put this in an auto system for auto delivery and a scheduled time, which will remind you to change the filters. So it's very, very important. I found out I have adult asthma now. I never knew I had asthma. And so I've now begun my filter by service. And I got my filters, what, about three weeks ago? And they come automatically, and I put them in place, and that's that. And I get rid of the old ones. So I hope you'll check it out. And it's an American company. It's a small company. Based here in the United States. It's filterby.com. That's filterbuy.com. <clears throat> and the pricing is terrific, too, by the way. All right. Let's continue. We've gotten some interesting calls as far as I'm concerned. William, 
Dover, Delaware, the great WGMD. Go. Hey, Mark. How you doing tonight, buddy? Very well, thank you. Uh, I'm good. I, I'm honored to talk to you. I've talked to you once before. Um, I'm going to tell you exactly why these liberal states are passing this law um, to legalize marijuana. It's because they can tax it, and they can line their pockets and spend the money how they want. And um, I guarantee you they say it's going to be on education and uh, all this other good stuff, but it's not going to be. It'll just be more money that they can waste. You know, we mm-hmm. have that problem now in the federal government. You, you, they tax and tax and tax, and they spend and spend and spend. So now they got something they can get everybody screwed up on. Everybody's high. They think that the state is doing something great for them. Oh, yeah, man, we can go out and buy weed now, man. But they're, they're taxing you, you fools. They're taxing mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You're better off growing it yourself. That's how dumb potheads are, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Well, Thanks you, for your call. All right. Thank you. For all I know, 50% of my audience is uh, into pot. So uh, how do you build your audience? Well, you know, you attack the pot heads. Not really. There's a lot of callers from Colorado because, obviously, this has affected them directly. And let's go to Mark Colorado Springs again. Colorado, our great KVOR. Go. Counselor, it's so good to hear your voice in the new year when we got so much going on. And, uh, you know, I was just listening to your first uh your first monologue, your opening statement, and you were just killing it in regard to the media and the Steve Bannon thing. And, uh, you know, I'm coming to you as a former media member. I was a newspaper reporter. Really? And I, and I am a media observer, and I pay attention to astute media observers like yourself. I really do. And I am uh, I'm frustrated, and I've got friends who absolutely align with the uh, the recent survey results that came out about so many American people uh, distrusting members of the media. And I've got an analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm for lunch today with a guy who was an ardent Trump supporter, but now he's he's relegated to watching old YouTube videos of Trump's campaign speeches, and he cannot discern between figurative language and and what's important. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend, I got a roll. Thank you for your comments. Much appreciated. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Man, I'm not getting to all the stuff I wanted to get to, but I'll do more tomorrow. There's a breaking story now and a breaking story tomorrow. I'm going to hold my fire, Mr. Producer. I'm going to hold my fire. I'm going to circle back. Rebecca Mercer, I've never met her. I don't know her. She apparently funds a lot of stuff. Has now put out a statement uh, she is a minority owner of the Breitbart website. I don't know when that happened, but she is. 
apparently her father uh, was an investor first or something of that sort and sold his interest to her. And apparently she was also a big funder of other efforts that uh, Steve Bannon was involved in. She's put out a statement. They're cutting off all funds uh, to Bannon. And according to reports, there's a debate on the board of Breitbart. Apparently they have a board on whether or not <clears throat> Bannon should stay and several are leaning against him leaving. That seems to be the situation. So what is the lesson here? Whatever the outcome, what's the lesson here? There's several lessons, aren't there? If you live by the liberal media, you die by the liberal media. They know lo- no loyalty whatsoever. If you're leaking to the liberal media, if you're on the record with the liberal media, they will use you. They will milk you, and then they will spit you out. They have no allegiance to you whatsoever. They use you. I cannot tell you how many times a reporter has called me and encouraged me, tried to prod me to trash talk another conservative. Including conservatives in this business who do it to me. And I won't do it. I can't tell you how many times, Mr. Producer could tell you, he probably keeps track of this, I've been invited on these Sunday talk shows to trash Trump when I was an early Cruz supporter. I won't do it. I'm not going to allow them to use me that way. If I have something to say, I'll say it on the microphone or on Levin TV and in the future on Fox. I'm not going to allow the left which, which, as an aggregate, hates my guts because of what I believe and because of my views. All you have to do is look on the Internet or look on my Wikipedia page, which is a disgrace, what's been allowed on there. And you'll see it. The idea that the, 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 the left, the reporters, liked Bannon is preposterous. They hated Bannon. They hate all of us. And that he would go to that well, apparently, all the time. More often. Now he goes to that well. I'm sure they uh, they want quotes from him in order to finish him off. But honestly, Bannon has damaged himself. He's damaged himself by the way he's handled this. And the publisher is so ecstatic by this, and the author too. They're pushing their publication date, that is the release date, to Friday. Typically, books come out on Tuesday. They're moving it to Friday because the demand is so strong. Tell me, where do you think the demand is strong? Among conservatives? Among nationalist populists? Among Republicans? No. Among liberals and Democrats and other media types. Because they're going to use the book to attack the president and his family, which is exactly the point. That's exactly the point. That's why you don't do things like this. And in the end, it backfires. The president is smeared. His family is smeared. And the source of the information, it backfires. So who benefits? The left benefits. The left benefits. So, um, 
That's the situation as I speak. And not only that, now we have Democrats, like the piranha that they are, circling Bannon. You know, listen, let's play some of this. I wasn't even going to go here, but let's do it. Let's go to Cut 7, Representative Adam Schiff today on CNN. CNN's loving this. MSNBC's loving it. It's nonstop. Cut 7, go. Your committee has asked Steve Bannon to testify. Is that right? Do you want him to come before the House Intelligence Committee? We do want him to come before the committee. Uh, there are a number of reasons we think he could shed light on a number of key uh, meetings that took place, uh, as well as potential communication, um, and plainly from his comments on the book. Um, there's a lot he could tell us. And the Republican, your Republican colleagues on the Intelligence Committee, are they on board? I think they are. Uh, I certainly hope so. And, uh, and I hope that these revelations of what Mr. Bannon has said will not discourage them from falling through and making sure that he comes before our committee. Hmm. That's not the only committee that wants a piece of Bannon now. We have Mark Warner. He was on CNN last night. Cut eight, go. Senator, uh, do you want Steve Bannon to come before your Senate Intelligence Committee and testify? Well, if he's got a factual basis for these allegations, um, particularly one that uh, you haven't mentioned yet, that he, he assumed that the uh, participants of that meeting then were brought up and met Mr. Trump himself, um, I'd like to find out whether that's true or not. I'd like to find out why he made these claims about money laundering, about this meeting being treasonous. Obviously, I agree that this meeting should have been reported to the FBI. Uh, so if he's got a story to tell, I'd like him to come before our committee and before uh, Mr. Mueller and, and give testimony, yes. Was it worth it? No, it wasn't worth it. Talking to this author? Not in the least. I don't know what. It's not just Bannon. There's others who are going to come out here, too. We're going to see about Rince Priebus. I don't know. I mean, it's not worth it, this boomerang. Then this, this real sleazeball, this Representative Eric uh, Swalwell of uh, California. Cut nine. And by the way, notice Wolf Blitzer keeps asking the same, the same question. He finally woke up. Wow. Hey, that what we got here. Cut nine. Go. Your uh, Democratic colleague in the House, uh, Congressman Ted Lieu, he tweeted uh, this in response to the story. He also told me the same thing. He said, based on the statements by Steve Bannon, congressional committees now need to subpoena him to testify on the uh, Trump-Russia investigation. Do you agree? Yes. Uh, we would like to hear uh, from Mr. Bannon. There's a, there's a host of other witnesses who have not come forward yet who we hope that our Republican colle colleagues will understand are relevant uh, for our investigation. And so, uh, Mr. Bannon... Uh, certainly was relevant before this statement was made. Hmm. Back to Adam Schiff, who is a complete sleaze. And he was on CNN today. He sees even more in this book. And Bannon's comments. Cut 10, go. He also suggested in this new uh, bombshell book that uh, uh, money laundering, which is illegal, uh, obviously, with the Russians, are at the... Uh, basically at the heart of this investigation involving Donald Trump as a candidate, as a businessman with the Russians. Uh, tell us about that. Well, you know, it's ironic because uh, I've been discussing my concern over money laundering for months now uh, and the fact that we're not doing uh, what we need to do to get to the bottom of that allegation, mm -hmm. only to be criticized by uh, Breitbart uh, for raising this issue. And now you have Steve Bannon doing it himself. Um, people look at uh, the issue of compromise, compromise. Uh, and they think of a salacious video 
from my point of view, if the Russians were laundering money through the Trump organization or guaranteeing financing for, for the Trump organization, that's far more compromising of this president and our country. Do you believe they were? Uh, I don't know, but I do think it's negligent, given the credibility of these allegations, for us not to look into it. And it, frankly, mm -hmm. would be an easy thing to find out or refute. Mm -hmm. um, it will require a subpoena, uh, subpoena from our Deutsche committee Bank, for of example. Deutsche Bank. Has that happened? That has not happened. Uh, the only mm -hmm. subpoenas for bank records... Now, that's enjoyed. enough. You get, you get what's going on here. You get what's going on here. And there's a lot of other statements, apparently, in this book about people saying on and off the record that the president has a screw loose. And this continues to be a mantra that is pushed by the guy with more screws that are loose than anybody I know. This morning schmo. So they're going to play this up again. Cut 12, go. On January the 4th, 2018, and there has been this understanding for a year, that Donald Trump is ill-fit to be President of the United States. There's been this understanding for several years. And yet, it's now all out in black and white. And people are actually shocked by it when the Republican Party should not be shocked by it. And again, I will say, what's most devastating at the end to Donald Trump is he has yet another insider saying there's more than meets the eye on Russia. And a lot meets the eye. I mean, I don't know how Bannon didn't think these fools would seize on this stuff. Scarborough is a complete prostitute. That's what he is. He knows what he's saying is ridiculous. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. You got this guy, Jeff Merkley, from Oregon, a huge leftist. This is all CNN, MSNBC, CNN. They're going back and forth, back and forth. Worried about Trump's mental state, you see. Cut 13, go. Well, I'm, I'm very concerned about his, his mental state uh, because the decision-making role of the president in terms of nuclear war is uh, extremely significant. Uh, and, and less now shut up, you idiot. Why don't you save your uh, venom for Kim Jong-inbred fat boy? No, no. Not Jeff Merkley. Then there's this slob, Steve Schmidt. This slob was a strategist for John McCain when McCain was running for president, and you may have noticed McCain lost. And so, therefore, the guy's an expert on all things. He's a pompous ass. And so he's on MSNBC constantly. And there he is today. And guess what he's saying? Cut 14, go. What, what we see increasingly is a president who is under pressure, out of his depth, uh, ignorant, um, unprepared, uh, and, and fundamentally unfit. Uh, for the office, and, and this is apparent to everybody, uh, it's apparent to the members of Congress, uh, but they don't say it publicly. Uh, they say it to journalists, uh, they say it privately in the bars, uh, but his dangerous unfitness, uh, I think, is something that, out of this book and these other actions on the third day of the new year, are increasingly going to become part of the political narrative in, in 2018, because though it may be uncomfortable... Uh, it's increasingly clear that the question of this president's manifest unfitness for this office... All right, that's enough. That's enough. All you people surrounding the president, talking to this author on and off the record, you're proud of yourselves? You feed buffoons like this? These, these hysterical 
asinine comments from pretend reporters and pretend guests who pretend to know something. You just fed them all with these absolutely outrageous comments to this left-wing reporter. That's why Trump and his supporters are disgusted with all of you. And I don't blame them. I'll be right back. Somebody who's unfit for office, but Joe Scarborough won't touch this one. Steve Schmidt won't touch this one. Jeff Merkley won't touch this one. It's Keith X, a.k.a. Keith Ellison. Daily Caller, Peter Hassan. Minnesota Representative Keith Ellison, Vice Chair of the Democrat National Committee. Did I say Vice Chair of the Democrat National Committee? Sparked controversy on Wednesday by tweeting an apparent endorsement of violent left-wing group Antifa. Ellison's endorsement of the group, which the Department of Homeland Security says is responsible for domestic terrorist violence, is just the latest instance of Ellison publicly attaching himself to radical figures and ideologies. Ellison once defended famed anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan, head of the Nation of Islam, against charges of anti-Semitism. In an op-ed for the Washington Post last year, Ellison said he should, have been more, he should have more closely scrutinized Farrakhan, who once said Hitler was a very great man, but blamed a right-wing smear campaign for any questions raised about his ties to anti-Semitic figures. Ellison has his own history of radical positions, including advocating for black nationalism. During college, he wrote columns arguing for the creation of a blacks-only ethnostate, and called the U.S. Constitution the best evidence of a white racist conspiracy to subjugate other peoples. Similarly, while speaking at a protest following in 1992, Ellison declared that black people don't live in a democracy and don't have an obligation to obey government. While speaking to an atheist group in 2007, Ellison compared the 9-11 attacks to the Reichstag fire. He stopped just short of accusing then-President George W. Bush of having a hand in the attacks. Quote, It's almost like the Reichstag fire kind of reminds me of that, Ellison said of his terrorist attacks, of the terrorist attacks. After the Reichstag was burned, they blamed the communists for it. And it put the leader, Hitler, of that country in a position where he could basically have authority to do whatever he wanted. That's a quote. Ellison went on to say he wouldn't suggest the U.S. had a hand in the attacks because you know that's how they put you in a nutball box, dismiss you, before later walking back the comments. In 2009, the Democratic congressman headlined a fundraiser for a controversial Libyan-born activist running for the Virginia Assembly. The activist, Isam Umiyash, was known to have praised one of the founders of Hamas and to have called on Palestinians to embrace the Jihad way in its battle against Israel. Ellison campaigned with him anyway. That same year, Ellison was the subject of a House Ethics Committee investigation after he failed to disclose that an American Muslim organization with ties to the Muslim Brotherhood had paid $13,500 for him to take a pilgrimage to Mecca in 2008. Democratic National Chair candidate Keith Ellison addressed, uh, excuse me, Ellison, like the black nationalists he has since distanced himself from, 
has a history of spewing anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. During a 2010 speech to a mostly Muslim audience, Ellison claimed that America's foreign policy puts Israel interests first because American Jews have been mobilized to do its bidding in America. That's funny. The neo-Nazi Klansmen and their former website accused me of the same thing, Mr. Ellison. That is, of putting Israel ahead of America. You sound like a Klansman. Ellison's ties to Farrakhan and his own anti-Semitic statements were a source of internal division within the Democratic Party during last year's race for DNC chair. Democratic mega-donor Chaim Saban threatened to leave the party if Ellison was elected chair, saying the congressman is clearly an anti-Semite. The Anti-Defamation League, a top Jewish civil rights group, similarly called on DNC to disqualify Ellison for his anti-Semitic statements. Party leaders, Democrat leaders, refused to disqualify Ellison, and Tom Perez's first act as DNC chair was the name Ellison is number two. Oh, that Democrat Party. Oh, that Democrat Party. Its history is so much its present, isn't it? Will Joe Scarborough, that pathetic fool, will he call Ellison deranged, mental? He should be expelled from Congress? No. Because Joe Scarborough is exactly what I said, a demented fool. We'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, 2018 is here. It's time to look your best. That's right. Look younger than you ever have in years. Guaranteed. It's easy with a brand new Genesaw treatment for droopy eyelids. Here's Mary from Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't believe everything I hear, she wrote. So I tried this eye lift on my right eye, and the next day at work, everybody said my right eye looked better, and I couldn't believe it. Yes, it's all the saggy lines on your eyelids. They disappear. This breakthrough eyelid treatment is yours Free. Free. With your order of Genesel for bags and puffiness. You'll also get Genesel immediate effects for 12-hour results. Go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Or better yet, call 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. And it even gets better. Order in the next 20 minutes to get two more classics. Esotique RF, Collagen Builder, and Deep Firming Serum. Free. Now, during Chamonix's amazing New Year's sale, you'll get the best-selling Laysons Neck Treatment. And now, upgrade to express shipping free. I'm telling you, folks, you should act. That's six free gifts. 800 Skin 604. Harry, supplies are running out. I'll tell you who's at the front of the line calling right now, my buddy Teddy. I'm serious. Call 800 Skin 604, 800 Skin 604, or go to Genesel.com. Teddy likes freebies, and there's six freebies right here. 800-SKIN-604. Gary, Staten Island, the great WABC. Go. How are you? And, um, did you ever consider debating Marxist economist Richard Wolff? Hello? No, I haven't, actually. He's actually was on Fox News, and the New York Times gave him coverage. Really? He's actually a quite knowledgeable Marxist. And well, I'm scared of Yale. him. He must be an absolute genius. But how about you, sir? You called the program. How may I help you? Yes. Uh, all the Marxists are saying capitalism is going to collapse. They're saying over and over again the message from the beginning of time. 
Well, in some places it has collapsed, as in Venezuela. So, as in and, Cuba, uh, as pay well, attention, I'm educating you. As in North Korea, among other places, and these are absolute hellholes. But look how, how capitalism, how uh, socialism has worked in Japan and Australia. So, first of all, Japan is not "quote unquote" a socialist country. It's more capitalist oriented. And by the way, because they've moved more and more away from capitalism, even though it's not a "quote unquote" socialist country, they've had a flat economy for at least a decade. And what do you mean it works in Australia? Because you have a leftist who came in before this conservative did all this leftist stuff that it's working. 20 or 30 years, it won't work. It'll do what it always does. You want to know why? Why doesn't socialism work, sir? Socialism actually does kind of work if you have, and it works in Canada a little bit. You know, you're, you're absolutely incredible. No, what's working in Canada is what's left of capitalism. Socialism does not work. Redistributing wealth. You can only do it while you have a majority capitalist society. And I don't mean by numbers. I mean where you still have a relatively robust capitalist society. Where you actually move from capitalism into a more aggressive form of socialism, the economy collapses. How can capitalism survive and everything's yeah. replaced with automation? Car, sir, do you drive a car? Uh, yes. Yes. Is that automated? Is that on, uh, pay attention. Is that automated? No, I the car I drive. Oh yes, yes, it's 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 automated. Use a computer, sir. Do you use a computer? No, you could you could all. Sir, automated. do you use a telephone? I assume you call me with a telephone. You're being silly because no, you're being a moron. What do you mean automation? What's going to happen to capitalism? Capitalism all... helps create automation, which creates jobs, which improves the quality of life. Hey, get off the phone, you idiot. I don't even know what I'm... What's this guy, a mental patient calling me from some from uh, institution? I don't know what I'm dealing with here. Will I debate Marx's what's-his-name? Sure I will. Who the hell is the guy? I don't even know who he is. All right, calm down. Let us go to Sam Ridgefield, New Jersey, a wonderful place, the great WABC. How may I help you, Sam? Yep, uh, Mark, it's Richfield, Connecticut. I called you about a month ago. Uh, oh, I went okay. to the dentist. And, uh, How'd still, that turn out, sir? The nation is curious. Yeah, uh, still not yellow teeth, so yes. that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, I wanted to wish you a happy new year, and Thank I'm you. not a stoner. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, just a couple of comments. One was, you know, the person, uh, nice gentleman, called about Maryland state tax and all that kind of stuff. And the point he's missing is that you get your standard deduction, and then you pay your Maryland tax on top of that. So you're paying more than the 25% taxpayer in Texas because you got to pay the 7% Maryland tax. So what you're saying is for that individual, let's say they're paying a 25% rate, a starting rate, and a 7% rate. So you're starting at 32%, where the guy in Texas is starting at 25%. That's right. And, you know, obviously you can go in and fill up your standard deduction with additional deductions, uh, like your second caller that talked about the whole recapture of deductions. I don't know what the heck she was talking about, but, um, you know, the next time somebody like that calls, I just ask them what the IRC section is that says you have to recapture your itemized deductions from the prior year. Never heard of that. 
I think what she meant was if you get a refund. Like if you get a refund from the feds or state government, then you have to add it the next year. Uh, state, yes. Federal, no. Okay, good. Yeah. That's so, why I don't do numbers. I'm not an accountant. No, I, I get that. You're a brilliant man, not a tax guy, but um, you get enough of the um, basics to, to make it well, all. I know you don't move into a high tax state for the purpose of getting a deduction. That's absurd. Exactly. Why would I pay 100% on something to get a 25% federal I, I don't know. And I, I, I was trying to, to, to work it through with the guy, but he kept repeating himself. Right, right. And you were brilliant in the end, as usual. Um, oh. and, and, and again, I'm the F. Lee Levin guy, you know, the old guy with the bad teeth. Oh, you remember F. Lee Levin, huh? Yeah, absolutely. With El Rushbo. Uh, yep, and uh, I have to tell you this because I didn't get any of the personal things in, and I know we have to move quickly. Um, but uh, my wife and I talked about having you over for dinner, and all I can think about is a well-done sirloin with extra ketchup <laughs> for you and milk duds. That might do it, baby. You never I can't eat milk duds anymore. They pull the crowns out of my teeth. Oh, well, you know, now you know why I went to the uh, dentist. You went to the dentist? Of course. Yes. And by the way, I need to go to my dentist. You won't believe this. Mr. Producer, five minutes before the first show of the year yesterday started, I broke a tooth. Eating a pretzel. Anyway, luckily it's not Britain. Luckily we're more capitalist than socialist. Luckily I do have a great dentist. And luckily I'll be going to that dentist. I'll call him up and I'll go next week. What's that? Luckily we all have you, Mark. Well, Happy thanks, New Year sir. to you and your lovely family. And, again, I told Mr. Call Screener the whole thing about, um, you know, people moving out of high-tax states to low-tax states and what that's going to do, you know, uh, red, purple, blue. Um, oh, yeah. Well, they, these these idiots in Congress say, whoa, we're, we're going to get the blue states. So more of these people are going to move into the red states and turn them into purple states. That's what they're going to do. Exactly. And that, that's These state governments aren't going to change. Why? Do you think they give a damn about their citizens? They're not going to change. They're ideologically driven. Right. And, All right. Know, thank you, Sam. Take care of yourself. I want to underscore this point. Well, you know, the, uh, the blue states, uh, this, this will incentivize them to lower their taxes. No, it won't. They don't care if their citizens leave. They're, they're all about power. And they're relying more and more on people who aren't even citizens. And they're relying more and more on people who don't pay taxes. It's just so stupid. Oh, but I'm a supply sider. No, you're not. David, Havertown, Pennsylvania. I know exactly where that is on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Pretty good. How you doing, Mark? All right. Thank you. It's an honor to talk to you, sir. Um, thank what, you. What I wanted to say is I, I think it's fascinating how the left has had this war on tobacco and smoking. Mm-hmm. And now they're pushing like crazy to legalize marijuana. That's a good I figured point. you like smoke or you don't. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I can't stand either, quite frankly. So, and uh, so they so they make illegal, effectively illegal, with their massive tax increases, cigarettes, and they make legal pot. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't smoke in any bars or restaurants. And they take that decision away from the owners of these establishments. Well, that's true too. And, and, not, and not only that, you, you gotta—it's confusing which bathroom you're supposed to use now. Absolutely. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I self-identify. What? What are you, pervert? 
All right, David. How cold is it there in Havertown? It's about 17 degrees right now, and uh, mm-hmm. my driveway is about 12 inches deep in snow. I'm just trying to shut oh. it out. So. All right. Don't forget to wear your galoshes. Absolutely. Don't forget to wear a hat. No, I don't want to. Don't forget to wear gloves and a scarf. Don't forget, don't lift the heavy snow. These are these weathermen and weatherwomen. Like you're three years old. Thank you. I, I know what I'm doing. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Let's see. Uh, let's go, before you even finish, Mr. Callsman, let's go to Tom in Dallas, Texas. He's a lawyer who supports socialism. Yes, Tom, how may I help you? No, I don't support socialism. Well, me... that's what he wrote here. What did you tell him? Well, I told him that the tax plan is good because your argument that people should be able to deduct their interest and in taxes depending on where they live is nothing more than a transfer of income, which you Not depending on where they live. Yeah, it is. The federal code should allow it, and you depend on where you live. That's up to you. The federal code shouldn't make any distinction. Well, the federal code should have no... If you want to have a standard deduction, everybody gets a standard deduction. Well, everybody can deduct if they pay state income taxes. They can pay state income taxes. If they pay property taxes, they can deduct property taxes. If everybody who wants to make a charitable donation to a church, they can deduct those. Anybody who wants to make a charitable donation to a no-kill dog shelter or to wounded warriors or whatever, they can deduct that. People who don't make those deduct, uh, those contributions don't get those deductions. No, because the state income taxes are being paid to the state, and you're getting a deduction. So what? Sir, sir, I'm a private citizen. I'm an individual. I live in a state. I have no choice but to pay those taxes. You make it sound like I'm getting some benefit or something like that. I'm not, and neither are millions and millions of people who are listening to me. So I don't understand what your objection is. My objection is you don't have a choice to pay them, but why should I subsidize your payment? You're not subsidizing anybody. How are you subsidizing somebody who pays their taxes, uh, uh, deducts their uh, property taxes in, uh, say, or, or their state income taxes in Pennsylvania? How are you subsidizing them? Because they're getting a deduction against their federal taxable income. Which no, is- they're, not getting, they're not getting anything. That's their money. You sound like a leftist. That's number one. Number two, the spending goes on no matter what. It's not as if, oh, we don't get that dollar in the federal government. That means they'll spend a dollar less. You're not making any sense to me. Well, because you don't want it to make it sense. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you 30 seconds. You can convince the whole country how brilliant you are. Go ahead. Okay. So if I make the same amount of money as you, and you live in a state that pays income taxes, and I live in Texas, which doesn't, and you take a tax deduction against your federal AGI, you're paying less federal income taxes than I am. But I'm paying more taxes than you are overall, aren't I? If I'm paying 5.5% in state income taxes in Virginia and 25%, uh, let's say, in federal income taxes, and I get a deduction on my state income tax of maybe 2 out of the 5.5%, so maybe uh, 20-some percent of that, Uh, I'm still, effectively, my household is paying higher taxes to the federal and state government than you are. Yeah, well, that's because you're paying to a state. Well, that's because I happen to live where I live. But don't act like I'm subsidizing, you're subsidizing me. You're not subsidizing uh, any other taxpayer. That's my money. It's your money. You choose to live where you want to live, and I choose where I want to live. Right, and I'm effectively paying a higher rate, federal, state combined, than you are. I'm not, I'm not giving you credit for state. We're talking about federal. I don't care. You're just like the guy from Annapolis. And you didn't hear the account before. We have American citizens, private citizens in this country. 
They live wherever they want to live. They have to pay taxes where they live. And so they pay taxes where they live. And so if you live in Maryland and you're paying 7% and you're in the 25% federal bracket, you start at 32%. For you, your family. You live in Texas, you start at 25%. And you say, well, you shouldn't get that deduction. I'm subsidizing it. You're not subsidizing anything. So I am. Or, sir, I can say, are you on Social Security? No, not yet. Oh, you're not. What do you do? I'm a lawyer. I'm a tax lawyer. You're a tax lawyer? Yes, I am. I'm also okay. a CPA. You're also a CPA, so I'm surprised at your response. Because it's, I know that you don't like redistribution of wealth. I don't either. Sir, sir, you're a tax lawyer and you're a CPA. If I come in to pay my taxes, whose money am I paying? Your own. My own? Exactly. Is the state paying my tax? Your state? No, you're paying Is the state getting a benefit if I get a deduction? Your state? No, but you are. For okay, not- but I am, right. And I'm saying <clears throat> that if you have rules that apply across the board, of course there's going to be different applications to it. Let me ask you something, a question I asked in the prior hour. I'm an atheist. I'm not going to make a contribution to a church. How come you do and you get a deduction and I don't? Yeah, well, noodle on that one. I'll be right back. Mud in. sad you uh if you go to amazon and look at the best-selling books on the list there this liberal who's trashing trump thanks to the on and off record comments by uh, certain people surrounding trump um his book is number one it's incredible that this was done it is absolutely incredible and by the way the radical atheist groups make the same argument as that tax lawyer from dallas that's why I bring it up. They oppose tax deductions for churches and synagogues and faith organizations. They make exactly the same argument as the tax lawyer from Dallas. Well, it's not fair. They don't practice religion. See, they're not really talking about fairness. The tax lawyer, the guy from Annapolis, they're talking about equality. And when you get into egalitarianism and equality, it's not the same as fairness. It empowers government. It doesn't empower the individual. Again, I'm talking about when it comes to justice and the law and so forth. You know, when I wrote the Liberty Amendments, it's because I knew regardless of who's running Washington, the only way to fix the country and restore its founding principles was to call a convention of states. I had no idea that my friend Mark Meckler was actually launching a project to do just that at exactly the same time. Isn't that amazing? Today I'm honored to have served on their legal advisory board since the very beginning. Just four years later, over three million of you are involved. Twelve states have already passed the Convention of States resolution. And we're on our way to calling the first Article 5 Convention of States in American history. The people are going to propose and ratify amendments to restrain the scope and power of the federal government. So what's your New Year's resolution? How about resolving to do something that will really matter to you, to your kids, to your grandkids, and to the country? If you care about the future of our nation like I do, then go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, and volunteer today. I'm all in, but the future of the nation depends on you. I'm depending on you. It's the only solution as big as the nation's problems. Conventionofstates.com, 
conventionofstates.com. My publisher just sent to me, speaking of books, a copy of the cover of the paperback version of Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism. It looks beautiful. I strongly hope you'll go ahead and acquire the hardback copy. It's not number one on Amazon right now. That is the anti-Trump book. But you can go to the same place, Amazon, Rediscovering Americanism. I think you'll enjoy it a hell of a lot more than the left-wingers book. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Please check out Levin TV tonight, the first of the new year. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Take care.